welcome to Miracles and Wonders, the podcast that helps you create more miracles in your life by looking at the world around you in new and wondrous ways. In this series, I'm interviewing the authors in a new collaborative book, The Miracle Mindset. Hi, I'm Diane Lund, best-selling author, entrepreneur, creative director, writer, producer, and reverend focused on a teachings in A Course in Miracles for many decades. Miracles are defined as a shift in perception in A Course in Miracles. Instead of thinking from fear or negative thinking, we turn our thinking upside down and we think positive thoughts. We think from a loving base. In The Miracle Mindset, each author starts their story with an opening couplet that embodies how they change their mind to change their life. So today we are here with author Laurel Favel. Do I get that right, Laurel? Absolutely. Great. And so your opening couplet, I'm going to read it to you from the story. Typical thinking, the exchange of love dies when a person dies and the miracle mindset, the exchange of love is eternal. So that sounds like such an exciting topic to be uh, speaking about. But before we get to it, Let's, I know you fairly well, you've been coming to my study groups for quite a few years now, but why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Oh, happy to. Thanks so much, Diane, for the opportunity to come on your podcast and uh, spend a a few minutes chatting about my chapter in your book and um, uh, the the love of my life too, um, the now departed love of my life, who's still there for me. But for myself, you know, not an an exceptional life, I would say, by any means. Um, um, Certainly, I was, um, grew up on a small prairie farm on the, you know, in Saskatchewan. Um, Quite primitive, I suppose, by these days standards. We didn't even have running water on on the farm back in those days. But, um, but it was, um, but it was all good. Uh, I went to university, uh, first of my family, to do that sort of thing, to get a degree. Uh, Again, you know, going back uh, on the prairies, it was pretty special when somebody went to university. But but in any case, uh, I um, pursued a a science degree and um, at the University of Saskatchewan. And that's actually where I met my husband. That's the topic of this chapter. And and so uh, we go, go back a long ways. Uh, and I stayed pretty much with science. I um, My husband was um, First Nations. Okay. And so, uh, although I was a science inclined, there did come a time where I wanted to go back to school and, um, you know, to, um, I guess, set my sights a little further afield. So I ended up doing um, a, a master's degree that allowed me to uh, concentrate on, um, yeah, on First Nations health issues. It was a, it was a health administration degree. And, um, and so that's what I've spent the last 30 years of my life. It's been 30 years now doing it since I took that, um, that second uh, degree. And yeah, uh, I work in health policy, um, but I found quite early that my, because I had a natural inclination towards data and expenditures and stuff like that, that was a real um, niche industry for me as a consultant. 
Uh, and um, yeah, that's the other thing is that I've been a consultant for most of those 30 years. Um, oh, you know, same as you, Diane, you know, we're, um, it's a certain spirit, I guess, that goes that direction. Um, but um, I followed that particular route, and I'm still, still working as a consultant, still in uh, First Nations and Indigenous health issues, and also pursuing an art career at the same time now. Uh, I don't know, you said that you don't have a very uh, remarkable life, but that all seems remarkable to me. One thing that comes to mind right away is uh, somebody said to me the other day, I haven't met a person from the prairies that I didn't think was fabulous. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. I could go on about Saskatchewanians, but that's fine. I won't. <laughs> okay. Well, they're usually very, very nice, I find, because the winters are cold and they have to get together and get along with each other. <laughs> well, that, yes, that and also, um, I mean, I did grow up on a farm. You get pretty isolated in the winter. Yes, I can imagine you would yeah. get. You know, so, I do allude to it in my in my story, so this isn't um, anything unusual. But um, we, my my father, did have difficulty with alcohol, and so he would, on occasion, leave us alone <laughs> with our, with a mother who didn't know how to drive. She late in her later on, she did learn how to drive. I think out of survival, right? She got a driver's license, but yeah, it's um, it can be quite an isolating life. Yeah. Well, you know, I have a very similar background in that way. My mom didn't drive and my dad did also have drinking problems. So oh <laughs> yeah, so I can relate to that. I used to pray that he would get caught, um, but he never did. It's just so interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it was just a plain different time, Laura. It was a different time yeah. and people unfortunately did drink and drive sometimes, which wasn't, wasn't, mm -hmm. you, you just don't hear about it that much uh, anymore. No. Anyways, you did mention that you met your husband at university. So do you want to tell me a little bit about your husband, maybe how, how you met and how he figures into the story in your book? Oh boy, how we met. I mean, uh, if he was here, we'd laugh because we don't agree necessarily about how we met or when we <laughs> met or that sort of thing. It's funny how memories are kind of distort things. But my recollection is that um, uh, I was in, uh, actually, we both were in summer school uh, at university quite independently. I had, um, I'd spent the first year of my university, Diane, taking an extension program in Yorkton, Saskatchewan. So I was able to take basically first year university, a science-based first year university in evening classes in Yorkton, except for physics. So I had to go to the university to, um, to take physics. And then after that, anyway, um, just to say that I was in university taking a course, right? And um, uh, through the summertime, and my husband, whose name was Fred, Fred, uh, considerably older than me, he was like 15 years older than me. Uh, he um, was in university because he was taking, they had, and I think it still exists, I'm not sure, but he was in the second year, the second cohort of the Native Law Program at the University of Saskatchewan, because back then, I'm going back now to the early 70s, there was really a dearth of, of Indigenous lawyers in Canada, very, very few. Uh, and, and this was a really genuine initiative, uh, which worked to increase the number of uh, Indigenous First Nations, whatever, Native lawyers, whatever you want to call them. I mean, the terminology gets quite confusing over the years. So he was taking that program in the summertime, which would allow him to go, if he wished, to go into first year law. Sorry. Um, and so we, um, 
uh, again, quite independently, um, were living in different parts of, of the university residence. And so I, um, I just heard, I, I remember he had a very distinctive laugh. So in the, the big dining hall, I would hear him. Uh, and so, um, but in any case, he came up to me one day and um, uh, when I was collecting my nail, mail in residence and he asked me if I would like to go for a walk with him. And I thought, well, I said, I'm wearing really, I'm wearing high heels. I don't really, don't think I wanna go for a walk. And, and he said, well, I always do my walking in a car anyway. So, which was true, he loved his car. Um, and so that's, that's how we met, um, yeah. That's a cute story. Mm -hmm. So uh, as we started off in this podcast, we were talking about uh, typical thinking and the miracle mindset. Mm -hmm. And so in your story, which is awakening to the eternity of love, the typical thinking is that when someone we love passes away, uh, the love dies. And the miracle mindset is the exchange of love is eternal. So do you want to talk to me a little bit about why you wrote this story and what was the miracle mindset shift for you? Yeah, I mean, it gives me chills just to think about it now. Um, so we spent, um, again, a little bit of history here. We spent 36 years married life together. Uh, the last four years, my husband was, um, was quite ill. And so, I mean, with the age difference too, it, um, you know, I guess we, it, it wasn't unexpected uh, that he might, after such a serious illness, um, pass away. But I was, my feet were really firmly in science, you know, I, although if push came to shove, if somebody asked me, do you believe in spirituality? I would say, well, I really gravitate to the great spirit, you know, for, um, uh, indigenous um, spirituality. That to me made sense, but I'd never go past that. I wasn't into religion, that sort of thing. It just didn't, um, didn't fly with me at all. Um, so he did pass away. And, uh, you know, and then I started getting these, um, these, these weird things happening in my life. Like my, the music from his service would start spontaneously playing on my phone or, you know, things oh. like that. And I, yeah, uh, I vowed to thee my country, by the way, was, uh, was, um, uh, music in our uh, that we had in our wedding, and I played it at our service at his service, his memorial service. I vowed to be my country, and so it was on my phone, and it would just you know. I so I look at my phone, and it's kind of weird. Like, what did I do to my phone for it to start playing? But anyway, so oh, you were getting oh, signs. I was getting signs, and yeah. and certainly not expecting them. And so I wrote this book because. I wanted to get that story out. I mean, I, I wanted to, I want to be part of it, I guess, Diane. I mean, I like to do different things. And one of them, let's try writing a chapter for a book. Why not? You know? Why not? Uh, for sure. That's how I got started. Yeah. I, I yeah. wrote a chapter for a collaborative book. And I actually enjoy the process of working with other people. Yeah, absolutely. So, so that was good. I mean, with, um, with this whole pandemic stuff, there's not too much getting together with other folks uh, that you've been able to, but, but still it was, it was, it's been lovely. And so I know how much when Fred passed away, how, how hard it hit me, even though I was expecting it. He was truly my soulmate. We were always together. We worked together. We were consultants together. Everybody saw us as, you know how some people 
some couples go through life and you always see them together, like you think of them together. That's what mm. our friends would be, right? It was always Fred and Laurel, Laurel and Fred sort of thing. So it was, it was huge. It was, it was awful um, loss. And um, thank goodness he came back uh, as, as um, from the spiritual dimension to let me know he was okay and to help me on to my path now. So why did I write this book? To tell other people, hey, listen, this can happen to you. You know, you can you can lose the the most important person in your life, but they're not really, really totally gone. If you don't want them to be, if you're open to the miracles, if you're open to the messages that come uh, from their spiritual self, they can be there for you. And it made it made a really big difference in my life. It, um, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, there are many books that are written about it. Um, life after life talks about how people who've passed over try and reach back to the people that are in the physical world to comfort them because they know they're grieving. And so did you have any of that kind of experience with Fred? I have to tell you, but prior to his passing, I never read any of those books, Diane. I didn't even know what, I didn't even know what the secret was. Okay. I, you know, like, truly, it was a secret to you. <laughs> I didn't know what new age meant. Oh, like great. truly, it, this was, you know, I was totally out of that whole space. Um, I can't imagine going through all my life and, and saying that, you know, and my being, you know, being made aware of this in my late fifties, like really, but, but yes, he, um, he did, um, he did reach out to me and, and I think, and, and what, what really um, made the difference um, for me and woke me up, like really woke me up was when I was um, kind of in the depths of despair, you know, feeling really sorry for myself. And how could I, how could I go on a day more? Imagine 10 years more, like, a, how could I, how could I live, right? We all go through this mm-hmm. um, when someone really, really close to you or to a person dies. But so I was, I was laying on the bed, sobbing away and um, thinking, oh my goodness, in that high boy, in, in that dresser over there, I've got, Fred's pills, his pain medication, oh, you know, and his and and the Ativan that he had to take as well as part of this whole sickness journey. Boy, I could make that. That could be, that could be okay, right? I could take those and no problem. I'd be gone. I'd be with him. And so, and I certainly was not expecting this. And um, and I heard his voice. I heard it as clear as a bell, Diane. And um, my nickname. We won't go into this. It's in the chapter. My nickname was Piglet, right? And, and he said, and he said, come on, Pig, like, you know, you can do it. Huh? What? What's going on? Where did this come from? <laughs> you know, like, oh. it just broke, it broke me out of my stupor. It, it totally did. Um, and, um, and that just happened. When, when you hear a voice like that, that you're not expecting, but mm-hmm. it's clear, mm-hmm. it is kind of, it sort of shakes your world a bit. It shook my world and it, and like, I'm a researcher. I didn't talk about that in my life, but part of being an, an analyst, like a policy consultant is being a researcher. So I just, I dove right in diamond. I just dove in and figured like, what, what's going on here <laughs> really? And um, yeah, that started me. That started me on this whole um, uh, spiritual dimension because I don't think until he spoke to me, although I had had some signs with him until I heard, until I heard his voice, uh, I wasn't all in. And then, and then I was all in afterwards. Right. And so what did it mean for you to be all in? What, do, what does that mean? 
to recognize that um, that our that our spirit is eternal, mm-hmm. and that I have a responsibility. I think I have a responsibility as the um, you know. There's a, a book that um, oh Carl Carl, sorry I'm I'm going to forget his last name. Lewis C C L Lewis, that is the one. Anyway, I think it's. C.S. Lewis wrote. Yeah, C.S. Lewis. After yeah. the death of his um, his wife, who um, or his partner, and he wrote it up a year or so later. But he talked about it's the responsibility of the person who remains to um, to basically to honor the life together, and that that really resonates with me. So it's my responsibility now to carry on the legacy of our life together. Um, I almost forget, I know I kind of forget the question. I went off my own tangent there, Diane, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but that's okay. It's just what, what, once you heard that voice, how did it sort of change your life? You know, what? Well, okay, so I guess how it changed my life was that I realized slowly realized to my delving into this whole area of how much I had been missing hmm. and that uh and that you know to, you got to show up in life there's it's more than just having a job and you know and making sure that your loved one is taken care of um that there are um there is there is so much more out there there is uh, so much more out there and yeah. You know, we sometimes talk about the five senses, right? The seeing, hearing, touching, feeling, tasting. But I believe there's five inner senses too. Uh, Let's just talk about inner vision for a moment. Mm -hmm. Um, We all go to sleep, we close our eyes, and yet we see pictures. And so this is the inner vision. Our dreams are inner visions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we can close our eyes and also have visions um, from other realms or inspired by uh, other spiritual beings. And I think the same is true. We have an inner audio that we can hear as well. We can tune in, we can literally tune in. And it's just a matching of frequencies. I've always felt it kind of like in the middle of my chest, like a dial, almost like I dial in the frequency of something. It's much like saying, I'm gonna be on 1130 on Monday on the radio and, you know, tune in. So if you turn, tune into 1040, you don't hear me, but if you tune into 1130, that frequency, you hear me. Yeah. So it's like kind of bringing your own frequency into alignment with what, what I'll just call the universe or love so that you can actually open up that communication channel. And, and so the way the chapter ends is is the fact is me learning how to, to dial in Diane. Mm. Oh great. Because the communication, I think it was two-way um, mm. that we had, you know, and through through mess like I would journal or whatever, and then and then I could and you know, there's lots of things that happen I didn't write in the chapter. There's just not enough time. No. But at but at the end of at, at the end of it all. Um, I decided that I wanted to have hypnotherapy done uh, following the, um, uh, the practice of Michael Newton, who's written a few books um, on, um, uh, he kind of accidentally found a way to allow people to access um, 
lifetimes previous and their most recent past life. And then from that, to be able to use that to springboard into the spiritual dimensions. Right. Uh, and I'm not going to get a lot into that. That's, there's a whole story there, but the books are out there. Just look for Michael Newton. Um, Destiny of Souls, right? Journey of Souls. There's a couple of books. Yeah, there's a couple of books. So anyway, I decided I would do that. And um, and I went and I found a hypnotherapist. I, I flew across the country to meet with her, a lovely woman. Um, and so she regressed me into a past life. She, um, she also um, put me through the process where I could access the spiritual dimension. And, you know, I had this feeling, Diane, that he was there, my spirit guide was there and that he was there, but there was nothing, nothing happening, you know, and I, and I, and this is my analytical mind, right? That's going on all the time. And so, and I thought, oh my God, I've come all this way and spent all this money and there's nothing happening. And I thought, well, all I can do, all I can do is send him love. And that's what I did. I just sent love in the way that I felt I could send love um, to, to him silently. And, uh, and I heard, again, that's the second time I heard his voice. The two times I've heard his voice is the second one. He says, what took you so long? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, he'd say that. So so, but anyway, that's what well, that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. And so what is it that you want people to take away from reading your chapter? Hey, very simply, it can happen to you. I love it. Maybe it might not. Um, you really have to be receptive. I think you have to have a strong feeling, um, a strong connection with a person who's passed. But it, if it can happen to me, Diane, it can happen to anybody. I was not <laughs> expecting it. So wow. that's, all. that's all. Just an opportunity to honor our life. Right. As I yeah. said, you know, I, it's my responsibility to um, to honor the legacy of our time together. And this is a nice way to do it. Great. Well, we like to end with a wonder moment. And I, I've picked a card. It's either it's rather a long one. Uh, so let's see if we can dissect it together. It says for time and space are one illusion. Which takes different forms. If it has been projected beyond your mind, you think of it as time. The nearer it is brought to you where it is, the more you think of it in terms of space. So, wow, this is a heavy card. It's the creation of time and space. But really, we're talking about death and eternal life. So, you know, we tend to think of time as linear, going from, you know, when mm -hmm. I was a child to when I passed from my physical body. But perhaps time is, is more vertical. We're all one. Yes. in the timeless so we can be in the limited world which is in the physical world where things are limited or we can be in the limitless world without time and space being linear and instead be more in the isness or the oneness so what do you think of that well you know i i, I do have a hard time um conceptualizing it but i i do believe though that everything is happening at the same time mm-hmm that the reason that we can have these connections in um, with the spiritual dimension is because it's there is there is really no time. It's, it's all in the present now. It's all now, right? Exactly. Yeah. And that's what we're saying. It's all really now. I mean, there's never been a moment where you could 
So, I mean, whenever I'm speaking, it's always now. Mm-hmm. It's always right. now. It, it yes. never becomes past or future. It's always now. So we're always in the now or the isness or the oneness. But what takes us out of it is the memory into the past and the projection into the future. Into the future. So, yes. Yeah. So staying in the present moment is a gift and a gift where, you know, we can change our minds and change our life. So thank you so much, Laurel, for coming on and speaking to me today. I just want to, yeah, I just want to end here with uh, that people can get these cards, these uh, miracle, Diane Lund miracle cards, where we have 400 different um, inspirational quotes. If you go to uh, Diane Lund miracles on Facebook, and you ask to be a member of our closed Facebook group once a week. If you're a new member, I pick from the new members and I send out a deck of cards. So if that interests you, you can uh, go there and do that. And Laurel, do you have any free downloads or anything you want to say to people about how they might get in touch with you or see your art? Oh, well, that's that's a work in progress. Um, by the time your book is, the book is published, it'll be laurelfable.com. Okay. Yeah, and I'm pretty close to having it ready to go. Yeah. Wonderful. Very exciting. So thank you again for being with me today. Thank you. All right. And you're very welcome. Bye for now. Bye-bye.